Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Wednesday, November 17th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And of course, we got Chris on the phone. It is a weekday. You guys understand how that works by this point in the season. Uh, Lots to discuss today. Of course, we are going to hit the NFL stuff, and we are also going to discuss college football, coaching carousel. Good gracious, we are up to 12 jobs. Uh, I feel... I feel... More things are coming, of course. We're at 12. We will more than likely end up with, uh, I don't know, well, what do you say, Chris? Probably 25 roundabout? I have no idea. <laughs> Not everybody. I haven't sat down at all to think about it, nor have I given it a single thought. I mean, it's just insane. Like, it's the, the early signing period changes the uh, all of the money that is now involved, all of the realignment. Like, it, we are going to see an astronomical number of coaches that are changing positions this season. Uh, because remember, if Mel Tucker leaves, if Lincoln Riley leaves, if James Franklin leaves to go to another job, that leaves Penn State and uh, all these other ones, Oklahoma, et cetera, that would be open. So, you know, there's while there may be some monsters out there right now, there's going to be even more coming along. Let me do the recap, or not the recap, the rundown right quick. WinningCuresEverything.com, that is the website. You can find everything you need to know about us over there. So go give it a visit. Of course, there is a link in the description for it. The show is brought to you every time out by BetUS, where the game begins. It's America's top sports book. You can get a 125% deposit bonus right now if you use the promo code NCAAF2021. You can uh, you can click the link in the description, and that bonus is going to be uh, sportsbook exclusive. So go and check it out, betus.com, where the game begins. Uh, Chris does a show for SBR, the uh, sportsbook review. You can find it over on their Twitter page currently, twitter.com slash sportspicks, or just search them out at sportspicks. And I do a show for BetUS, the BetUS College Football Show. Uh, you can find that. Of course, in the description as well. Links for both of those are down there. Click them, subscribe, all that good stuff. Chris, let's start off with this one. Uh, We knew it was coming eventually, but we finally got it on Tuesday morning. Justin Fuente is out at Virginia Tech, and this we all assumed that it was going to be in December, right? Because the buyout, if you wait until December 15th, drops from $10 million dollars down to $7.5 million, and they negotiated this thing. Whit Whit Babcock is the athletic director there. He negotiated with Fuente, got that buyout down to $8.75 million, so split the difference right in between, and they went ahead and got this thing done. And that way, Fuente can start looking at other options. A month earlier, it cost him, you know, a million point two five to go on and knock that thing out and, and get it done and start working on whatever his next gig will be. 
Uh, Chris, I've got a just an absolute crap ton of names here that that we can go through. Uh, but this feels like it was done specifically so that Virginia Tech could go ahead and get started on their coaching search. And I think it's because they have found somebody that they want and they don't want to lose him before they end up firing Fuente. Is that kind of your read on this? Uh, no, I didn't really know why they did it now at this point in time of the season. And I feel like anybody who you think you can get is still gettable. The idea that agents and athletic directors aren't talking and don't know what's happening. Like, if you think somebody wants your job and you've talked to their representation already, then then why fire your guy today when you know you're still going to be able to get that guy? Um, well, I think a lot of this goes back to LSU and the whole Les Miles situation back in 2016, right? Um, you know, everybody assumed that Les was on his way out. He won, like, the last three games of that season and found a way to, to win back the good graces of the fans and the players. And it was just such a... It, it, the whole thing was nuts back then. And people still remember that. And coaches will bring up, like, well, you don't even actually have an opening, so why would I wait? You know, that's, that's the way I'm looking You're not talking to coaches, Gary. None of these people are talking to coaches. No, no, but you're they're talking, talking to agents. agents. Right, but that's, that's who yeah, you're... Yeah, but the agents know what the hell's going on. Uh, yeah, you would think so. They're not stupid. They don't know how this shit works. Uh, well, look, it, it is a little strange. If you and I know, and we're, we're morons who talk on the internet, <laughs> I assure you that the agents and the other coaches that might want that job, they also know. This is true. It is a little strange. So that to Fuente, act like they don't, like, and they live in some other bubble that we all don't live in, is dumb. Let's not do that. Fuente got fired off of a 48-3 to win over Duke last week, uh, and I think that that's what this was. Like, go on and get him out. It, it's kind of the same thing that happened with O, right? You you announce it, um, which they, they had obviously already been talking about it, but you don't want Fuente to, to win out. You don't want him to beat Miami and then go and beat Virginia, and now he's won three straight, and it looks like they've got this But even if right he wins him. out, Gary, you still know that he's going to be fired. He still doesn't have the resume to save his job. Oh, agreed. Agreed, 100%. But that's that's what this I'm is, saying. This is, is we... nothing, this is nothing like the Coach O situation. Okay, okay. In I... no way, state former fans, they're not similar at all, except for both schools fired their coach before the end of the season. Right, right. That's, I'm with you. I'm talking about both of them won ball games, and then they announced the firing, you know, the week after. That's that's the only comparison uh, uh, there. So let's let's go on and break this thing down as far as uh, who the names are. Uh, just I've got a whole list here, but let's let me let you spout some off the off well, the top of your head. Oh no, tell me tell me who you think the name is that they fired him so they could get him real fast. I think they anybody else could walk him up. I think they want Billy Napier. You think Billy Napier actually takes this job? I think he would take this job. Okay. I think I think Napier go. would prefer this job over the TCU job. Uh, maybe. I I, I wouldn't. I mean, six in one hand, half does another again. It doesn't matter. It's the same yeah. job to me. Yeah. No, that's a, this exactly. is a bigger school. This is a bigger brand nationwide. Um, twenty years ago, but over the last five, ten years, it's not. So they're the same job. Well, and you also got to look at the uh, the money separation, right? Like the ACC got their media deal done up quite a bit. Um, we don't know what the Big 12 is going to be. 
like their media rights still didn't come up for a little bit um, because of all of this uh, madness with realignment. Yeah, but you know you're going to have enough money to be able to do whatever you need to do. I mean, the ACC deal is unanimously agreed upon as the worst deal out there. So, uh, yeah, well, because it's like, because it's not like restructured until 2031, I think. That's right. like 10 more years. Like, so the so even though we all agree unanimously that that's a bad deal, because there's stability, you think it's better. Like you can't have stability and keep right. This is this is we're all trying to to be. Uh, uh, oh God, what's the ass from the pool? You know, wait from from what? Yeah, what's his ass for the Bulls? Ah, who the hell? <laughs> Jordan's sidekick. God, my name. Scotty Piven? Getting old sucks. Yes. We're all <laughs> trying to be Scotty Piven, right? We want long-term security like the ACC deal, but we want way more money like the SEC deal. Like, yeah. you, you don't get both. You just don't. It's not what the world we live in is. Yes, exactly. It, it, it's like the uh, the NCAA uh, tournament deal, right? Like we've talked about nowadays. Well, this universally, is a, it's a terrible deal. It's it's not enough money and it's too long. It's right. a bad deal in every perspective. But but when it was signed initially for that first year or two, uh, everybody thought it was a no, great deal initially. That that's 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 just not that's just simply not true. Everybody who knows what TV rights are valued as, the second that date deal was signed, it was already not not nearly enough money. The <laughs> second that deal was signed. It was for substantially undervalued. So, so let's let's get this back on Virginia Tech here. I, I, Billy Napier is is the one that I think that they are trying to go after. Okay. Um, there are a bunch of other names. Do you have one in mind that you think uh, they no. should should be I'm going given, after? I've given zero thought. I've given zero thought this. I'm kind of I'm kind of done trying to predict the future when it comes to what coaches are going to get hired where. It, right, well, it's the, a, let's let's do some rapid fire then. And I, I just want All your right. opinion. Would it work? Like, do you think that this would work at that school, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, Dave Clawson has been brought up. Do you think he would want to leave well, Wake Forest for uh, for Blacksburg? I, I don't. I don't know that part, but I think Dave Clawson's a great coach, and he'll be good anywhere he goes. I think so too. I, I don't think this is enough of a step up for him to leave Wake Forest personally. Uh, Jamie Chadwell. Yes, I think I, Jamie Chadwell excellent. I think that's a home run. I think that would be a home run. Uh, Sonny Dykes has been brought up for it. Uh, Sonny, Sonny will be better, preferably, than Wente was. But I think Sonny has a ceiling. Sonny's never won the American. Like, yeah, that's a, at if some point look at what he's done. Somebody has to ask themselves. I like Sonny Dykes, by the way. Let's, let's get that on the record. But somebody has to ask themselves, do we think this guy's already reached the ceiling? Because if he has, like, He's not a spring chicken. He's not like some 30-year-old out here calling ball plays and reinventing things. And he's never finished better than, like, fourth in his conference in his life. And he's not in a great conference. He's in a really good conference, but not a great one. Yeah, when he was at Cal, which I think would be it, – not, it's not quite to the same level as Virginia Tech. Uh, but Cal is, like, middle-of-the-road Pac-12. Virginia Tech should be – you know, top three or four school in the ACC. Uh, you know, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious what uh what everybody sees in him. I know that they understand the offense part. Uh, that plays into your idea of you know hiring the offensive guy that you don't have to worry about losing the play caller, right? So maybe that's but you part have of to. It. But at some point in time, you still have to play defense. 
Sonny Dykes has never had a good defense in his life. True, true. I mean, they, they did like, hire so just, just because you're an offensive guy, like Jimbo's an offensive guy. Jimbo also understands the value of recruitment in playing good defense. Like, they, they, they're not, you know, mutually exclusive to one another. Yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong about that. All right, so the next name on this list after Sonny Dykes, uh, the one that has been brought up for basically every job since he left Mississippi State would be Joe Moorhead. Do you see any kind of a fit there? Uh, I don't I don't care about fit. I don't know how well the head coach Joe is. He's a really good offensive mind. That's, and, and that's kind of where I'm getting at with uh, – with, with a fit part, right? Is is he a good offense or a good uh, a good head coach option? Now, he was good at Fordham, um, but I, I think he's just better in an offense coordinator role. So I I kind of think he might just stay at Oregon. He might not take any of these. But either way, I don't, I don't ever want to look at look at his resume and see Fordham again. I don't I don't I don't care about that. Like what he <laughs> did at Fordham is irrelevant now. At what what he did at Mississippi State is is what everybody should be looking at. You know. Well, no, I mean, you can look at what he did at Penn State, and you can look at what he's done in Oregon. All of those things are important. They, they wait. Listen, what I did in preschool is completely irrelevant today. I'm a 40-year-old man almost. Yeah. Okay? It doesn't matter anymore. All right, what he did 15 years ago at Fordham, a school that nobody cares about in the world of college football. Hey, I think we lost you. You still there? Chris? <laughs> Oh boy, we were just having all kind of issues today. Um, all right, so so we'll let Chris uh, call back in here. Um, if, let's see. All right, so Joe Moorhead uh, is one. The next name that I've got on this list is Bill O'Brien. Um, and good gracious, like Bill O'Brien, I he's up for basically everything. Chris, we got you back. Yeah, and okay. I never left. I never moved, and I was still where I was at, and I could hear you the entire time. It was, that is that's two back, times. I hung up and I called you back. That is the weirdest freaking it, it, because it's happened twice now. Like you, you were talking and it starts to cut out a little bit, and then there's no sound, and then hey, either way, uh, I brought up Bill O'Brien uh, because that one's been brought up. But I think Bill O'Brien's going to be brought up for like everything because of what he did at Penn State. Um, well, he he should get brought up for all these jobs because he's grossly overqualified for what he's doing. Agreed. But I also so, think that yeah, he's overqualified he, he needs for to be a head coach. Like, I, I think he might be overqualified for Virginia Tech. Like oh, I, God. I think he needs to be, like, I think he would be fantastic at USC, at LSU, uh, back at Penn State if James Franklin leaves. like Yes, he would be fantastic at any of those places, just like he would be fantastic at Virginia Tech. And you see Virginia Tech as a lesser job because you're seeing what happened the last 20 years and not what happened 20 years before that. And I understand that. But if good coach and they got rolling again, they would be a national powerhouse. We have seen this. You can be a national powerhouse from anywhere in the God. I hate saying this. Power five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you, you are win correct. two years in a row. You go two years in a row and you lose one game in those two years, man. You could be a national power anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, we got a few then, more names then, on. Then hang on now. If oh, you ahead. agree. Then why, if you agree, then why, why is, why should he not take this? Why is he overqualified for this job? I, you really I think Virginia Tech is a better job or a worse job than Penn State? 
I think that Penn State is a better job than Virginia Tech. Uh, but I, I never exact same job. I oh I, I don't agree with that at all. I think there's way more resources at Penn State, and it's it maybe maybe the recruiting is similar. No, it's not. Penn State's a better recruiting ground. It's it just it, it always attracts more talent than Virginia Tech has. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's not. Maybe I should be looking at this differently. Um, but I, I just I, I see him in a bigger job. If he were to take this job, then absolutely. But I think he could turn it around into being a winner, and then I think he would get picked off by somebody else. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't foresee him staying at Virginia Tech. But I mean, none of these coaches do anymore. So you know, well, what does it even matter? Um, I got a few more names. Uh, Chargers wide receiver coach Chris Beatty. Um, He's got deep ties in Virginia. He was a former high school coach in Virginia, won multiple state championships, worked on a bunch of a Big Ten and ACC uh, coaching staffs, like understands recruiting, so there's a chance that he could get in there. Um, you know, what do you think about the NFL assistant route? Like, would you go with somebody that hasn't been a head coach before? Well, I have no idea. I don't know who this guy is. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not even close to being qualified to comment on – assistant coaches in the NFL unless you're, you know, an OC or a DC and you've been around for a while and I know who you are. Um, if you were with Babcock, the AD, would you look at possibly hiring Charles Huff, who has only been at Marshall for one year but has a bunch of recruiting ties in Virginia? Um, would you hire somebody specifically for recruiting purposes? No. I think it's a terrible idea. Yeah, you want to hire a coach for the next seven to ten years you don't want to be doing this all the damn time. You want stability, and you hire somebody who's qualified and capable of doing the job. You do not make a hire just to, uh, you know, basically band-aid a problem. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the next two on the list, I've got Marcus Freeman, defense coordinator at Notre Dame. Uh, do you think that he is ready for, uh, for a role like this, P P5 head coach? Well, I'm sure he is, but but I don't. There there are qualities of, of top tier jobs and, and 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 lesser jobs in the in the in the P five and in the D five, and I don't know that Virginia Tech is going to hire some. Chris, we lost you again. I don't know what's happening, and I got nothing. All right, let's see, Chris, if you can mute and unmute and. Try it out a couple of times. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> and Caulfield. Wonderful. Let me try and call him back. We'll, we'll just see what happens. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm still here. I, do, I don't know what's happening. I got no idea. I, I think you're, you're in a concrete cell because I have full service. And mine, I moved. mine is showing full service. I have no idea. These wonderful cell phones. Either way, uh, Mike Elko was the other name, and then I got one more. Uh, what do you What do you think about Mike Elko, Texas A and M defensive coordinator? I wouldn't hire any. I, once again, I, I wouldn't hire anybody at Virginia Tech if you don't have head coaching experience, legit, real head coaching experience. Okay, so so one year would not be enough then, right? For Shane no. Beamer, right? No, okay. no chance. I don't know that Shane Beamer's been good enough. Like he'd literally only be doing it because of his last name. Oh, 100%. Like, wouldn't you rather be at South Carolina than, well, maybe not. Virginia, South Carolina's not uh, what Virginia Why Tech is. Why would Virginia is. Tech hire him? You you were speaking about this. Like, this is one of the shittiest jobs in the country. 
I'm not. No, I'm not talking about Virginia Tech like that. Like at all. Well, you're throwing out a bunch of names of people that they were no way on earth they would realistically consider. Oh, these are all names that have already been reported in the media by by different media. No, outlets. no, no, no. Yes, that that is that is that's right. That's right. That is media people throwing shit out because they are really bored and they're really lazy and it's just easy to write columns and articles and and have shows like this where we spend 25 minutes breaking down a coaching job. And none of these guys are legitimate candidates, but two or three of them. The only two that I foresee getting this job are Billy Napier and Jamie Chadwell. Like, I feel strongly about those two. So, and that's that's where I'm at with it. So, uh, hey, off topic. I was looking earlier, and I don't know why this didn't hit me. Um, you realize if Oklahoma State wins this weekend and, and Baylor beats Kansas State, which is easier said than done, um, if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma in Bedlam, it is not Oklahoma that would rematch against Oklahoma State. Like I, I did not even think about this. It's it's Oklahoma State Baylor in the Big Twelve title I game. This, I don't know how I this kinda, didn't. I kind of, I kind of. We literally had this conversation last week when I said, "Why are you just chalking Oklahoma up to going back?" We had this conversation. Yeah, you remember no, that I, 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 no, I do remember. I, I just it, it's so you like remember it the conversation, me. but you didn't hear me, and now <laughs> you're just now realizing what I said was right. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. When I was looking through this crap earlier, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like Chris was talking about this, and it never actually dawned on me that oh, Oklahoma. No, I, I, I thought about like if Oklahoma lost to Iowa State, then yeah, no, but, but no, it wasn't. It's not that. It's that whole that. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts. Um, Miami AD Blake James is out. Uh, do you, do you see this? We're not gonna spend long on it, but uh, very interesting. I thought uh, that he is trying to get a job inside the ACC, and now I don't know what that means for Manny Diaz because um, the guy that hired you is now no longer there. Uh, so Blake James out. Um, hey Washington, Washington fired Jimmy Lake. Uh, I think all of us saw this coming like forever ago, and he only coached for 13 games, and now we have got a whole slew of coaches for that. We're not going to go through those the same that we did uh, Virginia Tech, but uh, this wasn't surprising, but, you know, did did you expect this so soon from from Washington, or or did you kind of expect them to at least let him get through the uh, the season? Well, they probably just didn't want him back after, after suspending him, so... Yeah, that's and there were a lot of people that did say, uh, you know, this is the last game that he coaches for Washington. Like when when all that stuff went down against Oregon, and all the stuff that he said publicly about the higher academic institutions and all that kind of bull. Like it, it's it's weird. Uh, they are bringing up like Bob Stoops and Chris Peterson and all that. Uh, none of those are going to happen for Washington. Uh, best guess here, like they've they're talking about Jonathan Smith. I don't know that you can actually pry him away from Oregon State after what he's built up there. Um, and I don't know if you remember this. When he was at Washington under Peterson, there were a lot of people at Washington that were very irritated with the way that he ran his offense under Chris Peterson. Like, they were actually happy when Jonathan Smith was hired away uh, to Oregon State. So I don't think that that one's happening. Uh, Justin Wilcox, of course, at Cal is one that has been brought up. Uh, a whole slew of Mountain West Conference names, et cetera. I, I don't know what Washington does here. 
Like uh, Tom Herman's name was brought up, which <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe what has happened with Sark actually makes Herman look pretty good for some of these jobs. Uh, but I think he is much more likely to get some of these uh, G five jobs as opposed to a P five job coming back in. Um, but her, where is Herman? Is he is he in Chicago? Uh, well, he's an NFL analyst somewhere, but I don't know where. I, I thought it was with the Bears, but either way, like I, I think, I mean, he could he could find himself back in there. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Butch Davis went full Tommy West about the FIU administration. Did you see this about Florida International? I did. So basically, he said that the administration is sabotaging the football program. They are uh, having to use old uniforms that are like nine years old. The shoulder pads are used Mississippi State shoulder pads, which I was just shocked by. Uh, and Danny Cannell was on the Cover 3 podcast, and he said, look, it, it, he ain't lying about this. They have not done anything to, like, basically, where you have to broadcast a game from in their stadium, it, it, it's just a, it's like a suite that they never, like, fully finished. It's a, like you, you have to bring all your own stuff they don't like provide anything. It's it's really really weird, um, and I, I think that's why FIU was kind of left at the altar by everybody else uh, when it came time for realignment, right? Like FIU, we we thought because they were in Florida, uh, you might have a better shot. Uh, but this is the same administration that fired Mario Cristobal, like, like after like a year after getting them to uh, their first bowl game, like they fired him for only winning three games the next year. And he was actually building something pretty impressive there. So, uh, cheers to him. Cheers to him, I guess. You ready to jump into the NFL recap? Yes, sir. All right, let's do this thing. NFL Week 10 recap. Every week I ask Chris four questions about the week that was in the NFL. We're going to start off with this. Uh, The best games of the weekend, I have got two of them written down. Uh, And I'm curious if you will agree with them. So, let let me get your opinion First, what was the best game this past weekend? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I thought the Vikings uh, uh, Chargers game was probably the most fun game to watch. That's that's one of them that I have written down. I think that was probably the best, uh, most entertaining game this weekend. Uh, yeah. Also wrote down Titans and Saints. That wasn't like a fun watch, but it was close. It was you know there was some fun yeah. elements to it. Um, you know, came down to a two point conversion at the end. I, I guess. I, I think the I think the Bucks football team was a good fun game to watch too. Yeah, that so I actually have that written down for my most surprising result. Uh was Washington well, I mean, winning yeah, by ten. It, was, it, it is surprising. 
Yeah, it, it, that was very, very surprising. But it was definitely a fun ball game. I think it would it may have been one of the best games of the weekend. Um, did you have another one for most surprising result? No, that would be that. Well, I think the Eagles kicking the shit out of the Broncos. I wasn't surprised that the Eagles beat them. I was very surprised that the Eagles beat the hell out of them. Yeah, yeah. I, the way that they went about it, because I mean, remember, I bet on the Eagles last week, uh, thinking that the Broncos would come back down to earth. But, like, I didn't expect that, you know? I mean, that was just a complete bludgeoning. Um, the the numbers for Jalen Hurts, like, I still don't think he's a great quarterback, but, my gosh, he's he's in some rarefied air right now as far as the numbers that he's putting up. Um, the Oh, who lost the weekend? Uh, I've got two teams here, and they're both in the same division. Yeah, um, I think the Seahawks probably lost, lost and it's not just – they took an L to a pretty good Packers team. It's they look completely lost. They they look like they just aren't playing the same game everybody else is playing. I I tend to agree with that. Sending DK Metcalf back in after he'd already been ejected was like that's just complete confusion on the sideline. Like I I have no idea what they were doing. So I, I that one shocked me. Like they. No points scored, and it's, you know, the Packers' defense is fine, but, like, th- this is not, you know, the best defense in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination. And, yeah, the weather might have had something to do with it, but, whew, uh, getting shut out in that game was was very surprising. Um, I've got the Steelers as one of the losers of the weekend. They tied with the Lions, uh, which I don't know that expectations were exactly high uh, when they announced that they were starting Mason Rudolph, but... I, I don't understand what what Pittsburgh is doing with their quarterback position because you already know that Mason Rudolph is not good. And yet, they've had him as their main backup for, what, how many years now? Three years, I think? I mean, he's he is just not a good he's quarterback. He's been there longer than three years. They drafted him, and he's been there for... Is it four or five? Probably year four or five. God, I just I don't understand it. Um, so the Steelers, like, they have got a rough rough stretch coming up and you kind of needed to win that one if you wanted to have any kind of chance at, at the playoffs at all um and so i don't think i don't think that's going to happen uh but we'll see you know we'll see what happens the next one that i had as far as who lost the weekend was the brownies um it's one thing to lose at the patriots it is a whole different thing when you go out and get blasted 45 to 7 and this is multiple times this season that the browns have just kind of been walloped um, I mean, they got smacked around this by the Cardinals. Is, is what they, yeah, this is what they looked like last year. Um, it is good Baker, bad Baker. If Baker's good, they can beat anybody in the country. If when Baker's bad, they can lose to not just anybody in the country, but they get destroyed. I mean, it is. it was really rough. It was a really, really rough watch. Um, who won the weekend? Uh, I think the 49ers won the week. I had them written down. I had them written down. Um, that was a big, big time showing on Monday Night Football. Like, if they want to get back in the playoff race, that was the way to do it. Uh, the Rams, uh, it's not that the Rams look dysfunctional. Just, this is like, two weeks in a row. Jimmy G looked unbelievable. Yes. Yes. I mean, he like, was. Like, not just capable, not just competent, but looks really, really good in that offense. Like, this is my team, and no rookie or anybody else has taken it from me. 
Uh, Elijah Mitchell, the running back for the 49ers, looked pretty good. 27 carries, 91 yards. Um, he, uh, I, I told you about him coming out of Louisiana, coming out of that Billy Napier offense. Like, he's he's a hoss, man. He is the bell cow for that, uh, for that rushing attack. Jimmy G was 15 out of 19. He only had to run the ball, or only had to throw the ball 19 times. Uh, 182 yards, two touchdowns. Like, his, his QBR was 95.9. That is... Pretty, pretty remarkable. And Matt Stafford on the other side, QBR of only 33.6. So he did. Los Angeles had to throw the ball uh, 42 times, 41 of which were Matt Stafford. Johnny Hecker uh, completed a two-yard pass for him. So, yeah, it's uh, that was that was definitely interesting. I, I wrote down the Patriots as far as winning the weekend. Like, this Patriots team looks like they are on uh, just – they're on a mission right now. And they, they look unbelievable. Um, so I've got the Patriots, and then I, I wrote down the Vikings uh, because the Vikings have been better than than their record says that they are. And and I understand, you know, we've all heard the cliche: "You are what your record says you are." And this was it; they've been a really good team, and they have lost some really close games. To get that win on the road uh, was pretty big, especially with the Packers coming into town this weekend. So, um, are you uh, you got anybody else that won the weekend? No, I mean that was I think I think it's four ers Yeah. I think it's I think it's 49ers as well. That's definitely the the big one there. All right, we have got uh, big games to discuss for Week 11, so let's dive into them before we jump into our super contest picks, and we'll start off here. NFL Week 11, big game previews and picks. Uh, last week I went four and four. Chris went one and seven against the number on the season. I am 47 and 38. Chris is sitting at 36 and 49. So let's start off with Thursday night football. Uh, the Patriots heading to the Falcons. Falcons are a seven point home underdog on a Thursday night. Total of 47 and a half. Uh, brother, I, I am looking at this as the Patriots are, are just going to smoke everybody. Like, I, I think, I, I don't think the Falcons are very good. And when you go up against a defense that is playing like this, and Mac Jones and that bunch are really showing out on offense, I think this says Patriots all day. They should be favored by double digits, and they're not here. Uh, so I will, I will take the Patriots to cover that seven. Yeah, I would too. I agree. Patriots playing much better football. This Falcons team, their record is absolutely flawed. Um, this is a team that should be well below five hundred. By the way, they play. They they find fluky ways to win games against bad teams. They uh, Patriots are not a bad team, and you're not finding a fluky way to beat them. Uh, look at the total DVOA on these teams. New England is number five in the NFL in overall efficiency. Atlanta is number thirty-two. They are dead last in efficiency, uh, both offense and defense. Like I, that makes no sense to me. So this one being only seven points, I know it's a Thursday night home underdog. I don't care. The Patriots are the better team. We both agree. Pats minus seven there. All right. Next one on the board, a 12 p.m. Central Time game. Colts at the Bills. The Bills are a seven-point favorite, total of 50. Uh, I, I kind of think um, that the Colts, I, I know that you don't look ahead in the NFL. I get all that. Um, I think the Colts can hang in this game. Like, I think they got a chance to win the game. Um, you look at total DVOA on these teams, Buffalo is number one in the NFL, and Indianapolis is number 10. 
Like I, I think that this is this is two teams that uh, are just going to be in a fist fight for this entire ball game. I I trust the Colts to be able to cover the seven here. Uh, like I said, I think they got a chance to win, so I will certainly take them with seven because this this feels like it could end up being a field goal game one way or the other. Yeah, I'll go with the Bills. I, I, I don't like this Colts team. I still think that they are massively flawed and they've got tons of problems. I think all of the things that the Bills struggle with, the Colts won't won't be an issue. Um, this Bills defense is going to make uh, Carson Wentz look really bad. That is a possibility. Yes, it is definitely a possibility on that. Uh, so we'll we'll agree to disagree on that one. Colts plus seven for me. Bills minus seven for you. Next game up, another 12 p.m. Central Time game, 1 p.m. Eastern. We have got the Packers heading to the Vikings. Of course, uh, we have an NFC North divisional battle here. Vikings, a two-and-a-half-point dog at home, total of 49. Uh, and again, you are looking at two teams that are uh, very, very close to each other uh, as far as DVOA goes. Overall DVOA, Minnesota is number nine. Green Bay is number 12. Now, of course, Green Bay... Still being brought down by that opening week, but it is not affecting them as much now that we are 11 weeks into the season, um, or 10, I guess. I, Man, when I look at this, like Minnesota's offense is like really good, but do they have that clutch gene, right? Um, Minnesota's defense has been good. Like This team, as far as numbers go, is just as good as Green Bay. Uh so knowing that, the fact that they are a home underdog, I think they're going to show out for this one. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings here. Um, I just I, I think that this is the part of the season where the Vikings kind of start to get rolling. And, I mean, we've seen some flaws out of Green Bay here and there. They've, they're a really, really good football team. But I, I think the Vikings can win this ballgame. So I'll, I'll take the head start here. I'm completely in agreement with you. I, I think this Green Bay team is about to find uh, part of the schedule where where problems are going to um, begin to pop up. I I tend to agree with you. I mean they they've played well so far, uh, but every NFL team hits a rut at some point. I kind of think it hits this week for the Packers. Um, going to Minnesota is not easy. It is not easy. So we will both agree Vikings plus two and a half on that one. Next game on the docket here. We have got 12 p.m. Central Time, Saints at the Eagles. And the Eagles, of course, impressing lately. The Eagles are a one-point favorite. A total of 43.5, of course, the odds brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Click the link in the description. Sign up with the promo code there. Um, When I look at this matchup, uh, these two teams look very similar, even with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Um, I... I have to downgrade New Orleans just a little bit because of the quarterback change. But I, they're not a bad team. Like, they hung in there with the Titans, who are uh, obviously not the same without Derrick Henry. But you you look at Philly's offense, and, and you look at their defense, like, they are top 20 in both. They're a top 10 offense. New Orleans' defense is kind of the game changer here. I, I think because New Orleans' defense is so good, I think they're going to be able to get this one. I'll I'll take the Saints plus the one here, uh, because I think that they can they can make Jalen Hurts uncomfortable, right? When you don't have a defense that can make him uncomfortable, obviously he can do crazy things like he did against the Broncos. Uh, but I think New Orleans's defense is better than the Broncos, so I will I will take New Orleans here. 
Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I, I think this New Orleans team finds a way to uh, win ugly games. Um, I think every week they're going to find themselves in ugly games. And, uh, and you know, I, I just don't think they can uh, – I don't trust this Broncos team either. Uh, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> agreed 100%. Uh, next one, and this is a big one. Uh, you want to talk about ratings for days. Good gracious. 3.25 p.m. Central Time. The Cowboys headed to the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs are a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Total of 56 here. And, look, I understand that we saw the Cowboys get kind of whipped by the Broncos at home. I get that. But this Cowboys team is good. Like, they just are. Overall, number three DVOA team in uh, in the NFL Kansas City is still sitting at number 14. Um, Dallas's defense, number four in DVOA against Kansas City's offense, which is number five. And then you got Dallas's offense, number four against Kansas City's defense, which is now number 30 in total DVOA. Uh, you just look at efficiency metrics. Dallas is going to be able to score easier on Kansas City than the Chiefs will be able to score on Dallas. Like, Kansas City still has... I understand they scored 41 against the Raiders, but I kind of feel like all the stuff that's been going on with the Raiders... Like, you can kind of chalk that one up as being a little bit fluky. I, I, I saw Kansas City score 13 points uh, against, uh, against the Packers. Like, I, I have seen yep. this Kansas City team be shut down. And Dallas's defense is good. So, I, this is easy for me. I'm going to take the Cowboys plus the two and a half. Yep. Probably my best bet of the weekend. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game. I, I think, think they're so the better football team. I think they're better than Kansas City at every level of the game. I agree. I agree. I mean, this is this seemed easy to me. Very, very easy. Uh, next game up, Cardinals at the Seahawks, and this is a divisional matchup. Should be should be an interesting watch. I will say that. Um, this, you know, the Seahawks are a two and a half point dog here at home. Total of forty nine and a half. Seahawks are sitting at three and nine on the season. Obviously, they lost Russell. Uh, for quite a while there. Um, but the Cardinals, I mean, you got Colt McCoy dealing with an injury. They tried to sign Shane Bouchel, who was a rookie quarterback out of SMU, off of the Kansas City practice squad, and Kansas City moved him up to the active roster so that they wouldn't have to give him up. Um, I don't know what the Cardinals do here. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how you score points with your third-string guy. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. But the fact that they are actually favored here made me a little bit nervous. Uh, I, I think that Seattle is better than their record because they took so many L's with, with Russell Wilson gone. Like I, I, I'm i going to roll with the Seahawks at home plus the two and a half. I think they can get this win, especially with the Cardinals dealing with so many injuries. Yeah, man, I, I struggle with this one. This is the one I don't like out of all the games we got to pick from. Um, I'm going to go with Seattle as well. I just have to assume Russell Wilson is not, like, that bad, and he's going to figure out how to play quarterback again. He looked god-awful Sunday. Yes. Yes. I, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, the way that he looked against the Packers, I just – I don't believe uh, that that was just him against that defense. I think that was weather-related. I think it was him coming back – I think it, all sorts of different things. It's just a bunch of mitigating factors. So I will I will roll with the Seahawks, and you are doing the same. 
Let's uh let's move to the Sunday night game, which ugh, again we got the Steelers headed to the Chargers. The Chargers are a four and a half point favorite, total of forty six and a half, and they just released that line um, because we don't know what's going to happen with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Mike Tomlin came out on Tuesday, said that they are planning, like game planning, the entire game plan around Mason Rudolph being their quarterback, but there is a chance that Roethlisberger will be back this weekend, which not a lot of people talking about this whole Roethlisberger thing. The Aaron Rodgers stuff became such a huge deal, but with Roethlisberger, you know, if he's vaccinated, then all he has to do is test negative, you know, twice at any point. And he's good to go, but they are planning on him not playing on Sunday. So if that is the case, hang um, on, that doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense. Okay, this this is where the NFL doesn't make any sense. Aaron Rodgers not vaccinated, right? Right. Tested positive for COVID, correct? Correct. Did not have to show a negative test again. Just had to wait ten days and could come back. No, no, he he did have to test nope. negative. No, he didn't. No, he didn't, Gary. I, I followed the story. He didn't have to test spot negative. No, he didn't. It's just a ten day waiting period, and then after that, you're in. Oh, it's, it's so basically he had because I I had read like it it was symptom free and test negative like 24 hours before the game or whatever or until uh 24 hours before he could rejoin I, the team. I think no, I, I think it's ten days. I think it was just a flat ten days, which is why he could go now if he had symptoms. It's different. That's interesting. But if you're vaccinated, you have to show negative tests to come back. Uh, yes, you have to test. Uh, have to test negative twice before you can come back. But okay, but you don't have to wait the full ten days. Like, so right. if you get two right. negative tests two days after you test positive, you're you're good to come back. Yes, that's the difference. That's where the difference is, right there. Okay. Yep. So, All right, that so, makes more sense to me now. All so right. now they are they are planning. Uh, to play without Roethlisberger, which if they play without Roethlisberger, there is no way that I would take the Steelers in, in any way. Uh, the line at four and a half, I just, it, it, this seems like a slam dunk. Um, I don't, you know, <laughs> just, I don't know what to say about this Steelers team. This is not a good team. Somehow they're 5-3-1, and one, and had they beaten the, the Lions instead of tying them, they would have been in the lead in the AFC North. I, I don't understand. I don't know how this happens. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the Chargers here, minus four and a half, because I think the Chargers can cover this even with Roethlisberger being uh, in there. Like, even if he does play, I think the Chargers could cover this. So, with it being a whole idea of we're making a game plan for Mason Rudolph, there is no game plan on the planet that can make him a good quarterback. So, I, I will certainly take the Chargers here. Yeah, I'm going to as well. This is this is, has nothing to do with Ben Roethlisberger. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's, none of that's relevant here. Okay, the Chargers have been tail spinning. All right, they 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 got off to an incredibly hot start, and then they have been falling wildly. And I just think at some point in time the bleeding is going to stop. This team is too talented. They're too well coached. They're too good. They are not going to just win. They're going to win. They're going to cover. And and it it just doesn't matter. This team is bouncing back this week. I tend to agree, especially on Sunday night football. Uh, let Herbert cook. We'll, we'll say that. All right, the Monday night game. Monday night, we have got the Giants at the Bucks. The Bucks are favored by 11. 
I think it is 10 straight games, if I'm not mistaken, which it, it might be more, I don't remember, uh, that Tom Brady has not covered in primetime. Um, I, I look at this, and 11 points seems like it could be too much, but if you look at like total DVOA, if you trust in numbers and all that kind of mess, uh, I mean, this it, it would likely be more than two touchdowns here, uh, especially on a Monday night in Tampa. I, I'm going to side with the numbers. It, it it's against the betting trends. It's all that kind of crap. But I, I'll take the Bucks minus the eleven here, um, because I think they were embarrassed last week, and I expect them to get off the mat by absolutely shellacking the New York Giants. So I will I will take the number two total DVOA team in the country uh, in Tampa Bay against the number twenty four t- uh, total DVOA team in the New York Giants. Give me uh give me the Bucks here. Yeah, I think you're right here. Um, had they won uh, a Sunday against the football team, I would probably see this differently. This is a team that I, I kind of like playing them no matter the number the week after a big embarrassing loss like this. They've had two bad games in a row with a bye week in between. Um, there's no world where I see them having a third. I tend to agree. All right, so both riding Bucks minus 11 Let's uh let's dive into the super contest picks, Chris. I had a big week last week, uh, four and one against the number that puts me at nine and one over the last two weeks. I am thirty one and nineteen thus far this year. Uh, you had a winning week last week, three and two overall. You were sitting at twenty four, twenty four and two. Uh, do you have the first game up on your super contest picks? Yeah, I'm going to start with the 49ers going to the Jags. I uh. I just think they're a much better football team at every point in the game. This Jacksonville team, they can fight hard sometimes, but uh, but they just don't scare me at all. I'll lay the touchdown. I know I'm taking a team coming from Sunday night, short little short week. I know they're going all the way east coast to west coast, west coast, east coast. It doesn't matter anymore. These guys know how to get rest. They know how to prepare. And the Jacksonville team is not good. They're about to play a team I think is on the rise. I could get down with that. I do like that pick. Uh, I'm going to start off with the Cowboys. Cowboys plus two and a half at the Chiefs. Uh, I think they are the better team overall. I think they're going to win this football game, and and I don't think it'll be close. Like, I feel really good about the Cowboys here. So, uh, so give me them boys. Yep, I'm the same way. We'll, we'll take that as my second game. So Okay, Cowboys plus two and a half for Chris. Uh, game number two for me, Patriots minus seven at the Falcons on Thursday night. Uh, again, this team should be favored by double digits here. The Falcons, as good as their record indicates, they are not that. This is the worst efficiency team in the NFL. I think the Patriots are rolling right now, and they are going to smoke the Falcons in Atlanta. So give me uh, give me the pads here. I'm going to take the uh, New York football Jets plus three against the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins team is really bad. And... Uh, I know that they got a win on Thursday night against the Ravens. That's one of those situations where weird things kind of happen in the NFL, and the NFL is kind of a little drunk right now. And um, why not get more drunk and uh, let the Jets get a W? I, I could get down with that. So that uh, that's a home game for the Jets, right? Yes, sir. Uh, yes, it is. Okay, I can uh, I can see that. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts plus seven at the Bills. I know that we have talked all kinds of mad crap about Carson Wentz and whatnot. Uh, but this team looks to be gelling at the right time. 
Uh, I know it was a close game against the Jags last week. I understand that, blah, 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 blah. But I think they are geared up for this game against the Bills. Um, Bills are are the best overall team in the NFL as far as efficiency numbers are concerned. But I have seen them kind of throw up all over themselves too many times this year. This seems like one of those spots where a good team shows up and is able to at least give them a fight. Um, I could totally see like a 21-17 kind of game here. So I will take the Colts to cover the seven against the Bills. All right. Problem is, is you think the Colts are a good team. I'm going to take the Vikings plus two and a half against the Packers. I think the Packers, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers finally loses the game. That's it. He lost week one. He's pretty much undefeated since then. I, I think the wheels come a little bit off this weekend. I could see it. I could see it. Game number five for me. Uh, I'm going to take the Texans plus 10.5 at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, this Titans team is just basically winning by uh, the skin of their teeth right now. Uh, the numbers would not tell you that this will be a close game. But I I tend to believe that Houston can keep this you know within the 10.5. I, uh, I will roll with, uh, with the Texans here. I, the roster doesn't say it should, anything like that. But a divisional matchup... These are two teams that know each other relatively well. I'll uh, I'll roll Texans even on the road. So I'm going to go with my last game. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals coming off a of bye minus one at the Las Vegas Raiders. Now this Bengals team looked a little beat up, got a little beat up. Unbelievable. We lost Chris. Chris, can you hear us? <laughs> what a what a proper way. For the show to end, his pick there was the Bengals minus one, um, and we lost him. I don't know what the hell. What a day! What a show! Um, good gracious! All right, so the Bengals minus one at the Raiders is Chris's last pick. Let me recap for you: Cowboys plus two and a half, Patriots minus seven, Cardinals, uh, sorry, Seahawks plus two and a half, um, Colts plus seven, and Texans plus ten and a half for me. Chris's picks are the 49ers minus seven. Cowboys plus two and a half, Jets plus three, Vikings plus two and a half, and Bengals minus one. So that is going to round up our super contest picks. Uh, with all that said, give you the rundown one more time. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and subscribe uh, to the podcast if you've not already. Leave a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, I do a BetUS college football show. The link is in the description. Chris does the SBR college football show. The links are in the description. And on top of that, the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. It's America's top sports book. Go and check it out at BetUS.com. Use the promo code NCAAF2021, and you will get a 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500, and it is sports book exclusive. So with that said, uh, we are going to get out of here. We hope that you all have a wonderful, uh, wonderful rest of your week. Make sure and join us on Friday, uh, Friday morning for the podcast and the live show. Of course, it goes out at 9 a.m. every Friday, uh, but that will be our college football picks and other news, etc. And, of course, Sundays, 9.30 a.m. Central Time, we will have our college football reaction show. So we'll go ahead and dive out of here. Again, hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday or whenever it is that you listen to this. Uh, share the show out. Tell your friends. Make sure you are subscribed. We are getting closer to that 5,000 subscriber mark on YouTube. Tell your friends, etc. All right. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully all of you tickets cash this week.
Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.